0: The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language. Shall we begin? Smiley, is a suspicious person. You won't know who to trust. Let's begin.
1: Sicario's, uh, 2015 film. I actually found that surprising. I thought it was, I thought, I, it doesn't feel that recent to me. Right? Um, it
2: seems like forever ago. But I don't know. This it, quarantine, it's been crazy.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, you saw it when it came out.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't see it in theaters, but um, when it was available, I guess to watch at home, I watched it, and yeah, I was like, I immediately blown away.
1: I don't even remember why I saw it, why I went and saw it. I must. I just must have liked the trailers or something. Oh. Um, primary agencies that we're going to see featured. Uh, we got the FBI the CIA, and the Sonora Cartel of Mexico. Although, for accuracy, that could have been rewritten as the Sinaloa Cartel, probably. Uh, Because they absorbed the Sonora Cartel uh, in the 2000s. Has to have been a conscious choice, I think. Maybe they just thought, like... uh, You know, I mean, I remember... I think it was Danny Trejo. He was talking about um, some movie they made with Edward James almost like a long time ago about Mexican drug gangs. And he was, I don't know, he was really, Danny Trejo was really concerned, like, hey, some of this shit we should not be saying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, About about that
2: movie? Oh, really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I'm guessing it's a conscious choice so that, like, they're not, they're not slandering any existing uh gang. But uh but the Sonora would have I mean, you know, except for the fact again, like that they're now defunct, uh, but uh-huh. they were the number one. They were the first big Mexican gang to start uh smuggling cocaine in from um, from Colombia. Um, there's also uh in the there's an officer of some kind of Mexican law enforcement agency that is working with the Americans. He's agency never quite quite gets specified. Uh over on the side Which we'll also see that's okay, so that's the guy. I'm thinking of the guy that visits Alejandro at the army base right after they've extracted Guillermo. He come he comes in, they kind of talk about, you know, he says, I'm sorry about what happened to you.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Oh, okay. He's the guy that gives the tip.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, Okay. Yeah, and uh, you know we know well. I mean, we can deduce his involvement because uh, Alejandro says to him, "You know, uh, it must have been like it must have been really hard to keep him alive." Talking about, Uh, oh, I see.
2: Right, 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 right.
1: Um, We're also going to see a little bit of Delta Force. Some U.S. marshals and the involvement of a Colombian cartel is suggested, but not outright um, displayed uh, or anything. The director, uh, I know, I know the first, I know the pronunciation of the first name. That the S is silent. It's Denis uh. Uh, Vill- Villanueva, something like that. Um, do you know? Uh, do you know the movies that he's done since? Sicario is one of his first. Do you know- uh no. Well, he uh, he did Arrival, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and Dune. Oh wow! So so he's gone on to big big kick ass auteur yeah. science fiction <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, you have yeah. seen Arrival, I hope.
2: No, I still keep forgetting to watch that. Um, I know everybody was going nuts when it first came it's a out. F- so
1: fucking I- amazingly good movie. Really
2: yeah. Good movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, Emily Blunt stars in this one. Uh, she Woody, was great. She uh, is really great. You
2: know, you know what I really liked about this film. Um, anytime there's like a female lead or even like supporting that's in something that's considered very masculine where like, you're going to kick down doors and shoot up the place. There's always like some asshole that's like, Oh, you're a girl. Fuck you. You know? (laughs) But like, even when like she first meets, you know, uh, well, first of all, uh, uh, Brolin just picks her right off the bat. And then when she first meets Benicio del Toro, he doesn't talk any shit. It's just like, okay, well, Brolin picked you. So you're good. Like no, no one, there was never that line, like, oh, you are you gonna know, wear some dresses and put on some makeup. You know? Like I, <laughs> right. I, I really liked, you know, she's like an accomplished like FBI assault. Like, I don't, I don't know what you like. She was on the assault team for the FBI. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that unit would be called, but. Um, she's, she, well, yeah. she's
1: missing. She's missing persons is her is her uh, division.
2: Right, but like she's like on the like she's in the tactical gear when she like she's not like in a suit with a badge like telling the 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 muscle to go in. She is the muscle, you know what I mean? Oh, oh
1: okay, right. She's yeah, she, and, yeah, she's in like the the SWAT the SWAT yeah, equipped team. That's what, I, that's what
2: I was saying. I don't know what they call the that unit in, in FBI, but yeah, we'll just go with SWAT assault something. Um, but uh the, I well, one she did. A, I, I loved her performance, but I, I just really liked how the film didn't ever put that scene in because I think we've seen that scene like a hundred bajillion times. And like she's playing a character that's in, like, like I said, she's playing the muscle, and uh, the fact that no one ever like gave her shit about it, like just like how everyone was like, oh, "Okay, well you're on the team, so okay, we're going at work then." Like, like everything was very matter of fact and like no one ever like shat on her other than like her experience in like matter, this like of, uh, ses- matter of, of like,
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Matter of fact very much describes uh, pretty much everyone in this movie. Yeah. Like, and, and I think it's, it's definitely uh, like the kind of vibe is uh, you know, if whatever, you know, whatever job you've got, you, you, you know everyone just assumes you got there because you fucking earned it you know right. and that you're supposed yeah. to be there yeah <laughs> um yeah she's got you know i think some actors really would have thought this is a pretty thankless task she's got so little agency in this movie as a character but mm-hmm. that's the point of the movie yeah. and yeah. uh and and she just runs with it and 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 really really sells it in the best possible way i mean it's the perfect yeah. example of an audience surrogate you know oh yeah yeah, absolutely we're watching what's going on and that's kind of too like i don't know like the mm, really uh, a good feel for this movie to have is to be like a, a powerless bystander
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and like, you yeah. know, like you do have some culpability or some responsibility to do something. But what can you do except just kind of.
2: Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's kind of like the newbie in this space, I guess, which which I, I think the audience surrogate is a perfect way to put it, because like we got to ride along with her, um, especially with all the car scenes. Um, uh, but yeah, like it, it, it kind of sucked watching that. Uh, but I think it was part of the mystery of like, you know, trying to figure out what was actually going on in the story. Um, but it, it all made sense. And, And usually an audience surrogate is so blatantly obvious that it's like, yeah, it's the dumb kid that, you know, nobody likes him or whatever. Um, but uh, everything makes sense. She, she's like new on the team, and it's 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 not uh, a cut and dry space that she's used to as being an FBI agent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the main other movie that I know her. I mean, when I look at her, yeah, I did see Devil Wears Prada. I didn't. I I didn't remember her from that. Mm-hmm. Um. I do definitely remember from her from Edge of Tomorrow, uh, which I love, and I love her in. And uh I didn't check out the new Mary Poppins. That has to have been a truly thankless task, which right. uh I, I looked it up though. It looks like she got looks like she passed the test with, with critics on that. That can't have been easy.
2: No, not at all. I heard good things as well, but I, I didn't see it either.
1: Alright. Um Benicio, Benicio del Toro, (laughs) fucking so good, so good in this movie, so good in in everything, I've never, I've never not been blown away by this guy, Um, uh, okay, fun fact, he's got the fucking, he's got the most awesome Latino name ever, his full name, get ready, Benicio Monserrate Rafael del Toro Sanchez,
2: (laughs) I thought forever he was related to Guillermo until I looked it up and seeing this name, uh, I, 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 I wish I'd known this name before because then I would have never confused it.
1: Um, he, uh, you know, did some did some reading on him. Uh, predictably enough, he started with small television roles and shit like Miami Vice. Uh, oh you know, shit! Just, just I remember. Probably-
2: that yeah
1: that's was... <laughs> probably playing puerto rican gangster number three or something like that um <laughs> good trivia question his first film is big top Pee Wee <laughs> in 1988 <What? laughs> uh i didn't see that one i did not see big top Pee Wee, but i like i like big adventure yeah quite a bit um He's also got, uh, uh, he's also in a Bond film, uh, one that we haven't covered. Um, And he, at the time at least, I don't know if he still holds this, but he was the youngest person to play a Bond henchman uh, when he was 21 years old. He's in 1989's License to Kill, which is the second Dalton film. Mm. So someday when we do Dalton, I mean, we only have two to choose from. Maybe we'll pick that one.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> um, me, of course, being a, you know, super Hunter S. Thompson fan, uh, the first time Benicio crossed my radar, was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Uh, thought he was really cool in that. I didn't, I don't, I mean, it's only later after he, like, became more famous. I At the time of Usual Suspects, I don't think anyone really noticed him in that movie. Like, he's, he's the first of the crew to, to get whacked oh Um, okay i mean he's he's in there uh but um he's got his uh he's got one oscar for uh traffic
2: oh that was a good movie
1: yeah yeah i'm gonna go watch that one again um (laughs) he's also in uh snatch sin city uh 21 grams and uh a little known movie that I personally ride pretty hard for, which is a uh, way of the gun. And
2: he he was also in guardians. We we saw that together with Kim. Oh, right.
1: Oh yeah. Well, yeah. He was the collector. Uh-huh. Even in a
2: small part like that, he's always got like this great presence.
1: And he's got his uh, star Wars badge as well for um, what rise of Skywalker or something like that. I think it was the second movie, the second of the new through and of the, so oh, the new trilogy. Yeah,
2: who was? Oh, I didn't. He's I, the, I, 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 I blocked that film out. Uh, <laughs> he's
1: an he's an informant guy. He's basically kind of a spy in that one, actually. Oh, nice. Um, so cool for us. Not not enough not enough to warrant making that movie a uh, spies like us podcast production.
2: <laughs>
1: um, but uh hey, Rogue One later this year. Is that what we yeah,
2: think? Yeah, Andor, I think well, we're definitely gonna do Rogue One before Andor once we get like an actual release date for Andor. But I mm-hmm. think from what I'm reading, it's gonna be this summer. I mean, they, they got the whole boba fett and then the I guess the third Mandalorian. So that's what everybody's like giddy about. But uh Todd and I are really just sitting on the edge of our seats waiting for Andor. Yeah, I officially
1: don't care about anything Star Wars except Andor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, bud.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, and then uh, he uh, happens to be also in the new Wes Anderson film, uh, which oh. I haven't seen, The French Dispatch, Uh, which seems, it looks like that's a film with like 30 major film stars in it. Like it's a what? super, super loaded cast.
2: Wes Anderson has gotten to that level where all his new stuff is just gonna be everybody. Like everybody's begging to be in it. Um I didn't even know there was a new Wes Anderson. I'm gonna to have to go check that out.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh October, November, sometime around there. I wanna say November. Around Thanksgiving. I think it was a Thanksgiving film. Um there was weirdly, like no like on IMDb and Wikipedia, there's like no production notes or trivia on this movie. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's because this movie kind of just flew under the radar uh, and, and nobody cares. Or maybe by 2015, maybe the all that stuff is showing up on other sites that I don't know about. Um, yeah. But there was one that I liked quite a bit. And it's, uh, it's almost a direct mirror to that situation with Clint Eastwood in Where Eagles Dare. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the original script had a lot more lines for the Alejandro character, and it was Del Toro that uh, went to the director and said, "This guy, t- this guy t- wouldn't talk this much <laughs> uh, by by a lot." Apparently, that's really cool. Yeah, no, it is really cool. I'm always i I always love you know like the job of an actor is not just acting to me mm-hmm. but i love it when actors make it their job because it is an important part of their job they have to be the advocate of their character like they have to know their character better than anybody else you know involved in the process and if something doesn't smell right to them they need to say something yeah and so of course he did uh villain agreed uh i've heard that i've heard Villanueva say. That uh, literally ninety percent of his lines were removed from the film.
2: Oh um, wow! <laughs>
1: I heard, I heard that he explains his backstory in his very first meeting with Kate in the script. Which, what? yeah, okay. <laughs> which makes that,
2: me that wouldn't have flayed well.
1: No, no. So, I mean, I guess I. I have a feeling maybe the original script maybe wasn't as good as the uh final product. Um I did I did find it online cuz I was trying to I was trying to google and like, you know, just be able to word search and put some of this plot points together. Mm. And there's a bunch of stuff, there's a scene in Colombia, there's like uh, you know, with with Alejandro, like there's a whole whole bunch of stuff uh that doesn't make it into the film and it totally works. It's absolutely the right decision. Um this guy, this guy, yeah, he shouldn't, he shouldn't talk much at all, and he definitely shouldn't be the one that explains uh, his own backstory.
2: Yeah, and the lines that he did, does have, like, were epic. Uh, you know, just a couple that I, I, I really liked. You know, at the end when he's with Silvio, or when he gets uh, Diaz, he's just like, do anything silly, and twenty men will violate your daughter. Like, like that's, that's, that's how hard you got to talk to a cartel leader. You know what I mean? Like, and then, uh, what was it? There was another one that I liked. Um, Oh, that's what happens when you chop the head off a turkey or a chicken, you know, or was that Berlin? I think that was Berlin. I don't know, but yeah. And you, you had one that you loved.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's the number, it's the first quote that shows up, uh, in IMDb uh when when Kate is asking him some stuff about I don't know the the cartels and his responses uh you're asking me how a watch works for now. Let's just keep an eye on the time.
2: oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a
1: fucking great line. I wish they had saved that one for a little later in the movie. I think yeah, he says yeah. that one pretty early um Josh Brolin is also in this movie and you remember the what movie was it with the super bro-y CIA guys um it was Oh that was
2: the Kevin Costner one wasn't it
1: No I'm thinking oh. of actually it might it might even be uh your favorite your favorite movie is it the The Good you know, Shepherd there's some movie that's mostly not it's mostly like British intelligence, but there was one point where like a bunch of drunk uh bro dudes mm.
2: just that was, like uh uh that was uh Munich. Munich, yes Oh my god, yeah. That oh I I I I love that scene so much. You you talk about where they like bro it up on the street and stop to stop the killing
1: Yeah, Yeah. big time, big time. I remember like when we were doing, uh, you know, the work on that podcast, um, thinking like this is, this reminds me of the Josh Brolin character from Sicario. This guy is, um, this guy is, I think, I think this is the most, I'm not 100% sure. I have listened to, I have seen and I've listened to interviews with Josh Brolin. I think this is actually him being the most himself. Of any role that I've seen him in. Um he's
2: he's I just love how he's always, always chewing gum.
1: He's yeah. al- he's definitely yeah. chewing gum. He's got this, he's got this shit eating, I don't give a fuck, untouchable, <laughs> ent- <laughs> like entitled kind of thing, but but also while you know at the same time always like seeming supremely uh competent. Right, um the flip flops. I got so oh, at, I,
2: at the <laughs> at Quantico. What was that Quantico or it was the FBI office? Oh mm-hmm. my
1: god,
2: that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> I actually got. I'm actually kind of really annoyed. Uh, I I looked up. I watched uh, an interview with him recently, and that was one of the first questions the the interviewer asked him was about the flip flops, and. Brolin didn't answer the question, just started making some fucking fart noises or something. And I was <laughs> I was really annoyed because I want to hear your answer. I want to hear yeah. was this was this you or was that in the script? Um one thing I kind of thought which I'm not sure that it really holds water. I think to me one thought that the flip-flops uh convey to me is this is a guy that does undercover a lot, you know, that uh, Yeah. You know, does a lot of his job in plain clothes. He's not a man in black, right? You know, right. with the tie and the and the sunglasses and the earpiece and the stuff. You know, he's he's running around in shorts and a and a Hawaiian shirt,
0: and <laughs> chew, yeah,
1: chewing I, his chewing his gum,
2: chewing his gum. The whole move, bo- yeah. A- a- Any time that like he gets challenged, he's just sitting there chewing gum. Like what? This, this isn't a big deal. Forget about it. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, Josh Brolin, of course, being one of the two people that, uh, you know, are almost always surprising to be reminded that they, uh, first appeared in Goonies. Right. Right. Um, and then, uh, but for me, I think, yeah, this is the movie I think, I I guess I saw him in first, but I didn't really start paying attention to him until he started working with the Coen brothers. Uh, oh, and I yeah. think we got three movies there. I don't know if I'm missing one, but we got No, no Country for Old Men, of course. Um, wow. He's also in True Grit. And in what I think is his best acting role, this is the one where I started saying, like, no, this guy is actually a really good actor. Uh, I think his performance in *Hail Caesar* was really, really, really good. I loved doing yeah. that. I loved watching it.
2: that. Yeah, and it's hard to catch him with that cast because that cast was like an all-star cast.
1: *Hail Caesar*. Well, let's see. You got yeah. oh yeah. Well, you got Clooney. You got your girl. Um, yeah,
2: Francis McDormand and Tilda Swinton. Right. Uh-huh, and, uh huh. And Scar Joe.
1: Oh right, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's one of two people to at that I know of. I think I'm right on this. Only two people have both played two different characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Brolin is Thanos, of course, yeah. the amazing Thanos. The amazing um, Thanos, also, also a role that I, I just. I think I think Brolin just fucking killed it so hard with that guy. Yeah. Um and he said he, you know, a lot of actors will say that they uh they don't like working under that much makeup or uh. you know that much uh CGI. Uh but he he said he totally loved it and he felt like really free to just like internalize the character. You know, like a lot of his a lot of his acting was done like with not even with the other people around, just him by himself, in a right. I don't know room with a bunch of ping pong balls glued to him or something. um Yeah, and then uh, I guess it's I think it's Paul Rudd. Her, who's no? I I get these guys. Paul met, Rudd met. was Ant Man. Okay, and who is Green Lantern?
2: Oh, Ryan Reynolds. But Green Lantern's DC.
1: Ryan Reynolds. Okay, so it's Reynolds. Ryan... Oh. oh, okay. So maybe it's Ryan Reynolds that shows up in two DC things, something. Okay, anyways. Moving uh, on, that's our... Yeah?
2: Well, uh, for the Theros thing, uh, uh, I wanted to point out, because uh, you and I love like all kinds of weird films, he was in the American version of Old Boy. Um, and, you know, in Endgame, when Scarlet... Uh, witch shows up and is like, "You took everything from me." And he's like, "I don't even know who you are." Someone on the internet made a meme of that that shot, and then under it put because uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Scarlet Witch, was the the daughter in Old Boy, the American one, um, which I think actually was Spike Lee, which was kind of weird. Was that Spike? Oh, was
1: that why they were asking about him about Spike Lee in the interview? Okay.
2: Oh, that might. Oh, okay. Oh, so then it must have been.
1: That is um, weird. Spike Lee, old boy.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, hold on. Let me double check this. So, yeah, it's Spike Lee. <laughs> but, but you know, because the the old boy character sleeps with his daughter, uh, and his daughter was Elizabeth Olson. So, uh, somebody made a cool meme. I don't know. I got a kick out of it. Uh, that like, you know, I don't even know who you are. But they like fucked an old boy. <laughs>
1: Uh, For some reason, I mean, I I know I like it. Uh, We like to flag actors that have shown up in movies that we've covered previously. We got two in Sicario. Can you name them?
2: Uh, One of them's easy.
1: One of them's easy. One of them's hard.
2: Yeah. Well, the easy one is definitely Daniel Kaluuya, who was, uh, we did Judas and the Black Messiah. um, But he's most famous for uh, Get Out. Um, He was good in this because he played that kind of, he was an FBI agent, but he's like you know, ex-military, and and I thought he did a great job of playing that military guy because I've never seen him like that. You know, with Judas and the Black Messiah, he kind of has that like kind of militant character because he's you know he's kind of like a like organized like uh, you know um, Black Panther leader. But um, watching him in this, it was it was a little different than what I'm used to in some of the other stuff he's played. So it shows that he's got quite a bit of range.
1: Yeah, this—I mean, it's a—it's a small role that I mean, but that I could see people looking at and saying, "This guy, this guy could do bigger things," you know. Yeah. Call, call his agent. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, the other one—do you know this one, or can I make you guess? Can I give you hints, or do you just know it?
2: I have no idea.
1: Okay, Uh, I'm going to tell you who the guy is in Sicario, Silvio. The cop with the soccer-playing son,
2: right? Yeah,
1: he has appeared in a television show that we've covered, so that should narrow it down for you, maybe.
2: No idea. You gotta tell he, me. He I, was <laughs>
1: someone. He was in the Americans. No.
2: Oh shit! Was he Beeman's partner?
1: That's right.
2: Oh my god. Oh, wow. You got a good eye.
1: I, oh, I, no. I, that I just, not- no, I just find this shit on IMDb. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, although, no, it was uh, someone, I, I think all it was, I saw a comment, someone mentioned that he had been in the Americans and that someone from this movie had been in the Americans and then I sat down and scratched my head until I figured it out.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Um, right. Um, anything else before we go to the brief? Well, I guess, um, well, we can gush about like how cool the movie is. I mean, we love this movie, right? Oh,
2: yeah. I really, unbelievable. Just the, the action, like, you know, you know, I'm a sucker for like realistic action and just having like these assault teams and like helicopters and like shit going on. And it wasn't like over the top explosions, uh, made me really happy. So I, yeah, I enjoyed it, all of that.
1: Except for a fairly extended gunfight near the end of the movie, this movie is very like the minutes of action are very small. Um yeah. there's there's very little of it. But it's the build up and the the I don't know, the the action when it happens, it feels very impactful. Yeah. It feels well set up and well paid off and uh and and always Uh, extremely realistic
0: retinal scan complete validating security clearance clearance granted you may now enter the briefing room Uh,
1: as as we said kate uh mostly is is just like the outsider peering in i mean she's kind of been brought in but she's she's not being uh you know uh what is the saying about uh, mushrooms keep them in the dark and feed them bullshit that's that's kate
0: in this, <laughs> in right? this movie uh
1: slightly reminded me by the way of uh thunderheart with the uh Val Kilmer character you know uh, there's there's a similarity in the characters there where thunderheart you know oh come on no. you know thunderheart
2: i don't think i've seen
1: that oh we're going to fix that um thunderheart is uh it's a uh, It's an FBI investigation on an Indian reservation, and the idea is, and it's uh, Chris Cooper is the agent in charge. The idea is that the treaty between the U.S. and the Native Americans is that you know if you send the FBI, if you send the FBI into our land, you want like one of the agents has to have has to be a Native American. Oh. Right, uh-huh. and and the idea, which I think is ingenious, because it's insulting, and and realistic and tragic, like all at the same time, is like Val Kilmer's character, who's our protagonist. He's like one sixteenth fucking Native American,
0: <laughs> and
1: so he's literally just being brought in as uh, you know, like red washing, I guess you would call it. Okay, um, and so. I, I, I-
2: I vaguely remember this movie. I, th- I think I saw this when I was a kid. Was there like a shot where a guy was handcuffed and jumps? Yes. The handcuffs. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I vaguely remember this movie.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. It's a- it's a good one. I like it a lot. Um. But yeah, super similar situation. Kate's just you know being brought in here just as like a technicality. She's not actually meant to do anything, but. Uh, so there's going to be some steps and, and we'll see like how everything plays out. We'll talk about that. But just to set it up, not to work at all from the back to the beginning, but just to remind ourselves what the ultimate goal is, like the win condition, you might say, mm-hmm. for uh, Brolin, for, for Matt, is mm-hmm. to get Alejandro within shooting distance of a certain uh, Mexican cartel heavyweight named alarcon so everything that they do i want to analyze based on like is this is this the proper way to get that job done
2: oh yeah um so you you discussed kate kind of just bringing being brought in as a technicality um we're not shown that um, kind of till later uh, and wait the, the, what's the opening scene is the raid on the house and she's like we discussed earlier, she's in the kidnapping unit and they raid this house and there's like nothing in the house. But like a shotgun blast to the wall from one of the guys they raided opens up and they realize there's just dead bodies in the walls of the entire house. So already the film starts out like super, super like shock value, like, hey, this is real life type of thing. Um but that's that's how she gets recruited—is her experience uh, dealing with the cartels, um, and uh, that, that's where we get that FBI office seat where uh, Berlin's in in his sandals.
1: Uh, now hold hold on though, she doesn't actually have any direct knowledge or experience with the cartels.
2: Oh right, she's just dealing with with kidnapping and like trafficking, right? Um, but this particular event kind of uh, is involved with the cartels. So that's, that's, I think that's what makes her the perfect candidate to Berlin um, is because she's so clueless. And as we find out later that she's only brought in because the CIA can't operate within the borders without a domestic agency present. Um, So uh, that, that, that I think is what makes her attractive to Brolin is here's like, um, you know, like kind of a foot soldier for the FBI that has one little tiny experience with the cartel and we we now kind of have paperwork reasoning to bring her in on the mission and it's perfect because she doesn't know what's going on and we're just gonna have her there so we could legally do what we need to do um which by the way I made my number two best trade craft and what i think that made your, what what was that number one for you
1: yeah it is it is my best tradecraft uh you know just the whole uh shell game of of you know, basically doing the Thunderheart thing, of having a, um, a, a paper, a, an on-paper excuse to do the shit they want to do, right? Um, um, yeah, as I mean, I like I like it as a concept. I'm going to quibble in the in the specifics as we go along, but as a concept, uh, this is my number one best.
2: Yeah, and um, this would have been my number two. Oh, well, part of my number two best tradecraft about this is not just using her for the technicality, but him recruiting her. um, She kind of has a little bit of minus spy points, um, even though she's not a spy. But, you know, uh, when she's like, are we going to get the guys that did this? Because, you know, there were two officers killed in the in the raid uh, where they found all the bodies. And that kind of tells Brolin exactly what he needs to like, which button to push to get her to volunteer because she has to volunteer for this. Um, So he's, he's doing really good by not showing his cards to her as in, we need you. He's more playing it as in, this is an opportunity for you. And by her saying, are we going to get the guys responsible for this? She's given him the button to push and he pushes it and he says, we're going to get the real guys responsible for this. Uh, and, and I, I that, that definitely made my number two best trade craft, but this leads into my number one best trade craft later on in the film. Um, I, I think, I think it was uh K- Kaluuya's character and her are like still in the dark a little bit and they're really irritated. So they threaten to walk. Right. And Brolin has to kind of, and he's chewing his gum, still playing it off. Like there's no big deal super calm. And and he tells this story about, we're using this situation to, you know, like back in uh, A Most Wanted Man, we're going to take the little fish to catch the big fish. So Diaz, we're not going to go arrest him and catch him. We're going to use him to lead him to the boss. Even though there's a whole nother large network of stories behind this objective, he was able to like basically homogenize it down into this one little statement so um you know i, I definitely give my best number two and best number one tradecraft to to brolin's character
1: i like too that the you know the questions involved you know her, you know uh soft it's kind of a interview even though she doesn't quite know that it's an interview uh right. the questions involve uh you know include like you, are you married do you have kids uh yeah. you because of I think I don't know if it's ever stated or shown but like it's strongly implied in the movie and it's my understanding that that's one of the big tactics you know that the cartels use to to terrorize people is mm-hmm. you know it's it's not just you that's going to have a problem if you go against us uh it's your loved ones like they'll right. they'll mercilessly go after them so you don't want someone that's got kids Uh, you don't want someone that's married that's also like a question that uh, when Alejandro is later in the movie when he's interviewing the different uh, illegal immigrants that's Mm -hmm. also something he asks them you know do you have kids and uh, I don't think it's explicit but you know like if someone says they have kids you know okay you move on to someone else like this is not a person you want to you want someone with no ties, <laughs> you know? Right.
2: They, they, they don't have much to lose other than themselves. Right. Uh, the stakes aren't as big for like the single, uh, no kids, no wife, no spouse, no family type of situation.
1: Right. And if you're bringing someone into the operation on any level, that kind that's just, especially if you know the cartels tactics, that becomes a liability. That's a level of pressure that could be <laughs> leveled against them. And you might not know about it, you know, as the, Uh, director of the operation
0: you know absolutely that's a great point compromised
1: you know if someone uh, calls them up and threatens their kids and says you can't tell you know you can't tell your boss about this situation or your kids are going to die well then they're not going to tell you (laughs)
2: Um, right exactly
1: kind of stuff uh i also liked that uh uh he rejects reggie now reggie is the what's his name kaluuya daniel yeah Yeah, daniel Daniel Kaluuya. kaluuya yeah his character's name is reggie and uh, when they're going through his stuff, uh, it comes up that he has a law degree and Matt says, no, nope, no, nope, no lawyers on this train, which is a nice <laughs> little throwaway line uh, yeah. that that I only caught, you know, like a uh, fourth, fifth time through the movie paying close attention. But yeah, they don't, uh, it it implies that, you know, they don't, they don't need anyone that's going to start quibbling about their, their methodology. Uh,
2: Even though process. Alejandro was an attorney, wasn't he?
1: That's right. That's right. Well, suppose okay, let's talk about that. Um, right. do you think okay, do you think he really was a prosecutor in Juárez? That's what he says.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't I don't know, but uh that is what he says. Uh he doesn't have an attorney field him. He's kind of a fucking badass,
1: right? <laughs>
0: Hey.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Oscar, uh the the character he plays in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas was a was a lawyer. Oh yeah. Um, um but yeah, and I'm cool I'm cool sitting with the I mean, I I am totally cool with not knowing and the movie not ever clarifying, but I guess if we take him or sorta of, if we take him as his at his word He was a prosecutor in Juarez. Uh, Probably that's why the cartels got mad at him. And so they killed his wife, killed his daughter. And then he went and became a hitman for the Colombians for a rival cartel. That that character path seems really iffy to me. So (laughs) I'm, I'm never really sure if like him being a prosecutor in Juarez is his actual origin story. Um, I, I believe... I don't know. That just seems weird. How is he so badass? Like...
2: I, no idea. But every time he's on screen,
1: you're just like, wow, yeah, what a badass. <laughs> uh, right. But no, I mean, on a technical side, like, how is he... Because he's so proficient with his with his weapons like he's such a like he is the sicario he's the the lethal guy he's the one that knocks you know um you know where did he you know in between being a prosecutor or i don't know maybe he had military maybe he was spec i don't know spec ops and you know some i mean some people go from the military into fields like being in a lawyer Mm -hmm. um but it just would seem really weird that he like, you know, was just this lawyer, his family got killed and then he turns into, uh, you know, like, um, uh, what's that guy in, from taken.
2: Oh, Liam Neeson.
1: Yeah. It turns into this Liam Neeson motherfucker. Like, out of yeah. the <laughs> so I don't know. That's all a little iffy to me. Um, more on Alejandro. There's, Okay. Uh, again, back to... The objective is just take out Alarcón. That's yeah. that's the job. It's in Mexico, so you can't just drone strike him. Well, also, you don't know where he is exactly. Um, You can't just drone strike him. You can't just send in a U.S. hit team. You got to find someone like Alejandro, who's got nothing to lose, that'll pull the trigger for you. Right. Medellin is... A weird one for me um it's not super clear in the movie but definitely very clear in the original script that medellin is alejandro's nickname um oh right oh
2: so the whole brolin explanation so that makes more sense for the shot with the uh, the the silvano the police officer when he says medellin Um, well, I guess the Brolin story would be covering for the fact that that's his code name. That, that, but this, okay. That's really confusing. Okay. So you're saying, okay, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about it a little bit.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Right now. No. Yeah. No, we're going to talk about it right now. Um, so Medellin as a nickname. So what's, what's Medellin? Let me tell you that Mm -hmm. Medellin is okay. Uh, you know, the name, everyone knows the name Pablo Escobar. Yes. Uh, Medellin was the name of his cartel. Oh. It is a city in Colombia, and it's the name of his cartel. It's the most powerful drug cartel in history. Uh Ran from 1972 to 1993. Uh, It's been featured in a lot of movies and TV shows. The the TV show Narcos that's out Uh there somewhere running right now. That's about them. Etc. So that's who they were. Now, again, ran till 1993. They no longer exist. They haven't existed for a very long time by the time of this movie. So why would he have that nickname?
2: Right.
1: And if, okay, there's also the fact that um, when, Kate asks Matt, what is Medellin? He says, he doesn't say that it's the name of a cartel. And by the way, also, I think she should know this, but he explains it to her anyways, or sort of explains it in a weird way. He says, it refers to a time. It refers to a time when one group controlled every aspect of the drug trade, providing a measure of order that we could control. And what you saw there was Alejandro working toward returning that order. So maybe if he's, okay, if he's working for the Colombians, maybe he has this name because he knows that's the name that would strike fear. Like, because it has a history. Trust me, everyone in the Mexican cartels knows the significance of of Medellin. Right. Um, But... I guess that's why he would have that nickname, but it can't be, it doesn't make sense to me that that's a name that like uh, Brolin would have assigned to him or something because like, you know, don't name your, your shit after like your actual objectives or something like it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, That part is stupid. Also. Okay. And even if El Medellin is his nickname, I get why Guillermo would recognize him as such, but why would Silvio like Silvio is just like the super low level cop. Like, Mm. you know, somebody just comes out of the, out of the darkness with a gun pointed at you. And you're like, Marine.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. He's just kind of a cop that was kind of pressured to do what he did. Um, Unless, like, you know, because Kate does say Alejandro's working for the Columbia cartel. Um, may- maybe, like, that whole trade that was going on, they knew that connection of him. But you're right. I don't understand why Silvio would know that name.
1: Right. So... Um, uh,
2: when, when When the truth does kind of come out for Kate, though... Her immediate reaction, I mean, she did get shot at, like, you know, wearing Clevelar, but, like, that shit knocks you out, and then she just got beat the fuck up by Brolin. Um, so I understand why she's upset and might not be thinking clearly, but I would think by this point she would have learned not to just talk. And she flat out says, I am going to go tell everyone what you did. And she's in the middle of fucking nowhere, surrounded by, like, I mean, like, her homies there, but, like, that's. That's the two of them against, like, what What was it, like, 20-something, like, heavily trained uh, Force. special forces, yeah, <laughs> Delta Force guys, and she's gonna be like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna go and tell everybody. Like, she could easily just get shot by Brolin there and then, like, buried in the desert and no one would ever know, <clears throat> you know? Uh, or he could just shoot her there and just be like, yeah, she got shot in the process. <clears throat> There was all those cartel guys' guns. He could just shoot him with one of that. It was, it was just I, that made my number one worst trade craft. Like, why would you do that? Like at this point, she should have woken up to the fact that like this is not like the group you start talking to uh, and watch what you say type of thing. And and uh, I thought it was silly.
1: I don't know. The Medea thing bugs me because it just it just feels very flimsy and like. Just uh I don't know, like the script I, I think the script is cheating a little bit. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Uh to even get her to the conclusion that Alejandro works for the Colombians. Okay. Um
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. It it was a little confusing. I, I don't even know why she thought that.
1: Maybe okay. it's some of the stuff maybe it's some of the stuff of Alejandro's lines that disappeared from the script. Uh right. you know. Uh but you know, little nuggets were still left there that that kind of connect. Um but I don't know. I I just think I just think something was taken out of the script and it I, I I can feel it's I can feel its missingness um to get her to to have that conclusion. But regardless of that, we, the audience, we can definitely suss out that one way or the other, it's clear that the CIA believes or at least wants to believe that the drug wars in Mexico and South America will be more containable if we return to something like the Medellin era mm-hmm. that uh, Matt, you know, again, uh, bel- I, I guess he believes it, or at least like I said, he wants to believe that it would be better if we return to that era so that the, um, I don't know The does the rationale is weird too. Like, The logic of the idea that things would be more containable and better if there was just one faction that was running all the drug trade, Mm -hmm. I think that's debatable. And also, like, the CIA's rationale for it. um, Like, what what does the CIA hope to – like, what's the benefit they get from it if there is one group in control and there's a lot less violence? Is it so that there will be less drug shipments to the U.S.? I don't think so. Um, Is it to just reduce the human suffering that's going on? I've never really thought of the CIA as having that as their number one priority. Mm -hmm. Um, Or is it to just maintain pressure against leftist revolutionary groups in South America, uh, which does feel like cia thinking at least cold war cia thinking of course by 2015 they should have like aged out of that grown out of that and into something else um but you know it's also i wouldn't i wouldn't be ultra surprised to find out that the cia is still like uh mm, ham hamstrung by cold war thinking by outdated Mm -hmm. cold war thinking Mm -hmm. um whether or not they are i think they possibly could be and i think this movie definitely feels like this movie thinks that they are
2: right um the 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 rationale that he's using reminds me of a filler episode of battlestar galactica um where they they found some like ship that was off the radar and I think it was Adama's son, Apollo or whatever, goes on the ship and it's like a black market area where they have like drugs and gambling and prostitution. Um, And I think it was originally because he found like child trafficking. Um, But, you know, I guess the end of the episode's like, I guess lesson was like, you can't get rid of the black market, but if you know where it is, you can manage it a little bit, you know? And, and um, so I think that's the rationale behind that. But I think you're right. Like, why is the CIA involved in this and not the DEA? <clears throat> like, this would be like a job for the DEA if they're trying to manage drug trafficking, right? Um, so that leaves me scratching my head as much as you are. Like, what What is it that the CIA's goal actually is? Like, it's not just to take out that guy, right?
1: Well, we know that's their go on paper. That's like, that's their win condition in the movie, but what does it get them or what does it, what do they think it gets them is left unclear and, uh, leaves me scratching a big hole in my head.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm super confused. And so the revolutionary thing wasn't in the movie, so that doesn't make sense. Right. Um, But you're right. Maybe that's what the movie wants. I don't know. I think the overall theme of the film is this kind of, you know, you always hear this when people talk about this deep, dark shit that exists that we don't see in mainstream media or in like our cozy hammock of the United States, like being an American, you know, where like we don't even know like this darkness is that is around Um, you know, they always bring up, like, the old days where wars meant something and they weren't, like, Uh like Vietnamers, you know. And and, and these days we don't have that cut and dry, you know, we got to kill the Nazis, we got to stop the Nazis from taking over the world type of, you know. Now there's, like, a bajillion competing objectives. You know, and there's that scene with uh, Kate where she, like, after the – well, I'll talk a little bit more about the bank raid later, but you know, she goes back to her supervisors after that raid, be like, "Yo, we got this shit," and her supervisors is like, "What do you want?" Like, you gotta understand, guys like Matt are brought in specifically so we can get more arrests, like you know. And 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 it's, I think that's the overall theme of the film. And so that that's like like you, I am still left scratching my head, like why is the CIA involved and what they get out of it? But I think the the main point going on in this film is there's these overwhelmingly competing interests that need to be met and 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 the only way to get anything done is to get a little bit done you know like throw the one starfish back into the ocean that's like on the beach type of thing like at least we can help a little bit you know you're never going to get rid of the drug trade right This is not going to happen
1: um, right well what i i mean what i like about this movie is the feel i get like, I feel like this is a movie that has an incredibly strong story. Maybe not such a great plot, uh, if mm-hmm. if if you scratch around it. But I mean, the story of to cat like the only way we can take out a bad guy is to use another bad guy against them, you know. Right, and and mm-hmm. that instead of you know going in there and like actually cleaning house or winning the war, you are just picking picking fucking sides, you know. Right, you are just picking <laughs> winners <laughs> and losers which seems right. to be the thing like that's like the the original sin of the CIA that i just really hate to think of the idea that we're still doing that in 2015 or that right. colombia is as important to us now to keep you know leftist revolutionary groups down in colombia as it was during the cold war i mean even right. even then like maybe it wasn't a great idea in 2015 it seems like completely antiquated like I feel mm. like i'm watching i feel like I'm watching the c i a fight a very old war, but on a very new and shiny and cool looking battlefield right
2: <laughs> that, oh, that's an interesting way to yeah yeah no um that's a good point, but it's still really unclear in the movie what they were going with, but yeah, you're right that
1: okay. it, well we'll leave it. i think I think we can set aside our questions about the broader geopolitical implications of (laughs) of what's going on here Um, again, but we know what their win condition is and we're going to, we're going to talk about more about how they're going to proceed toward that. So yeah, Alarcon's our target, by the way, he's only the number three guy in the Sonora cartel. So also I don't, I don't see what, how the Colombians immediately benefit from this, you know, it just seems like, you know, the, the number four guy would now just move up. Uh, (laughs) and nothing would really change. But in the context of this movie, it's important that we know that Alarcón has two cousins. They are Guillermo and Manuel Diaz. Uh, And Diaz is uh, very high up in the Sonora cartel, and they think, and we have no reason to disbelieve, he's the number one Sonoran cartel guy that works in the U.S., He works this side of the border.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So uh, Guillermo and Diaz then, of course, are brothers, both cousins to Alarcón. Um, Manuel, I guess uh, Diaz, they can't just go after for whatever reason. Um, Well, I I mean, I guess he just got his ducks in a row. But Guillermo's another story. Guillermo's somewhere in in the cartel structure, uh presumably pretty high up, but not as high as Diaz, definitely not as high as Alarcon. and somebody has managed to grab up Guillermo in Juarez, who did it i it's I guess it's that Mexican law enforcement agency that again like wasn't specified um yeah. I know this. It has to have been them because they're holding him at a federal courthouse in Juarez, yeah. and that uh, the Mexican police will provide escort for the extraction. And uh, we again, there was that line of like, it must have been really hard to keep him alive long enough for us to come get him. This is the first big like uh, uh, thriller <laughs> part yeah. of the movie, the 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 going into Juarez. And coming out with Guillermo, we got, like, the convoy with the SUVs. Got, you know, fucking Mexican police with goddamn machine guns. They had, like, 50 cows.
2: yeah. Actually, this is for real. Uh, I went on a cruise to Ensenada. And even at the touristy Ensenada spot, there was, like, camouflaged, uh, like, pickups with 50 cals on the back. Uh, So yeah it's not that like far off to believe that's how they roll over in Juarez like 10 fucking pickups with 50 cows
1: I hope the depiction of Juarez is, is over inflated in this movie uh, I I dearly hope these people aren't living in this kind of uh, t- terrorist fucking uh, state controlled nightmare right. um <laughs> It's certainly true that, like the movie, has a lot of shots like looking over the border into Mexico, where it looks like you know the movie is making you think like you're looking into fucking Mordor, you know. Right. It, <laughs> yeah. uh, that that from what super I've been creepy told, creepy music, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I don't know, it, and the the arrangement was never really made clear, but somehow like. Mexican law enforcement got this guy. They're making a deal with the Americans, at least the American military. I don't know if the Mexicans know that they're working with the CIA. They might. Um, that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but but this is a some kind of example of like extraordinary, or let's see. Yeah, ex, I guess we call it extraordinary rendition. Mm. Um, because, you know, Mexico and the U.S., I mean, we have an extradition treaty. But right. we're not we're not moving Guillermo across the border using the nor- that normal means. This is uh this is a super, super hush hush, weird special op. Like, you know, going in and getting him. I mean, they got the whole convoy, just the fact of, you know, it's one of those situations where you don't need to see the enemy. You right. just need to see what the good guy how tooled up the good guys are to know what. That tells you, as the audience, what the threat is, you know? Right. Um, but I don't... Okay, like... And I, I, I'll come back every once in a while and say this question about Kate needing to be involved. We know that the movie is telling us she's there as paper paperwork cover. Um, They've got the U.S. Marshals with them. They've got Delta Force. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't that enough?
2: Oh, <laughs> for the federal. Oh, that's right.
1: It confuses me. But I don't know all the details of, like, the, the law in, right. involved. So I just take the movie at its word. But, it, again, uh, continue to scratch that big hole uh, on the side of my head. Um <laughs> It's also weird. Okay, so, uh, you know, Kate has some quibbles before she goes. Matt says, well, hey, you don't have to go. And then when she complains about it afterwards, he reminds her, like, I said, you didn't have to go. Well, if she didn't have to go, like, how necessary is she? I start getting a little confused here. Um, Right. (laughs) This is a movie I... I didn't. I don't enjoy over analyzing this movie because I think it starts falling apart plot wise, and that annoys me because I love the movie. I love. I mean, I still love the movie. Yeah, but I wish I hadn't analyzed it this closely.
2: <laughs> right? Because now it's going to bug you every time you watch it. It's you know, yeah. Trying to find the bed cr- breadcrumbs.
1: Kind
0: of. Uh,
2: one thing that did bug me about it: if you have this huge, like amalgam of, uh, agencies and like heavy hitters that are like, yeah, we're here to do business. The caravan leaving Mexico to get across the border gets stuck in traffic, which, which played for a great scene. I mean, I, I, I was on the edge of my seat watching that where they're stuck in traffic and they're clocking everybody in the traffic with guns. It's so fucking good. Oh, it was so fucking cool. Yeah, but, like, I would like to think that this, this like, um, group of, of just, like, super elite teams would have planned out ahead of time a better route. Or at least, like, worked with someone to clear the way or maybe taken a, a dirt road or, or something. Like, you know, these are all, f- like, big agencies, right? And the U.S. isn't going to l- l- keep them out of the border if they know that they're bringing this guy in. This is an extradition, right? So I, I would or they'd be like an airlift. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. But regardless, um, it, it's it, it's set up for a really, really intense, like thrilling scene. Uh, but I had to mark it as my number three worst trade craft is the, the caravan, like going down the normal border crossing and getting stuck in traffic. Uh, like, why even take that route?
1: Okay, yeah, all right, I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, yeah, the the cartel doesn't get any prizes for me uh, for their like late attempt to stop Guillermo from from being taken back across to the U.S. side. Uh, okay. I think it was my, yeah, I think their their ambush. Uh got my worst tradecraft number one mm-hmm. of the film. I guess the border like it seems like just kind of slapped together at the last minute kind of situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I mean the guys in the cars are so fucking obvious. And that's my biggest complaint. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like even that one tattooed guy. I mean, I like the I like the fact that he looks like he's sleeping but come on like (laughs) put that guy in the back seat you know right put the put the guy that is like screaming gangster tattoos all over his body and his face and his throat and everything like Uh, that guy doesn't need to be the public face of your ambush team
2: right yeah
1: Like, in that whole, like, uh, you know, short gunfight. You know, it's mostly tension. uh, And then there's a very short gunfight, which goes predictably bad for the Sonorans because they're completely fucking outgunned. Um, They did have one cop or at least one cartel guy in a cop uniform. And what does he do? He goes for a shot at Kate. Yeah. (laughs) For no reason that I can think of except to, you know, flip Kate out and give her an opportunity to shoot someone and to heighten her tension. Um, if you got like, you know what you need Sonoran cartel, you need like some guys with some 50 cal's <laughs> for this <Yeah>. job. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Pay some of those motherfuckers pay, pay those guys to like derail the convoy to uh, a a place where the, The field is in your favor. Um, But uh, they get back. Uh, I noted that they're holding him on a military base. That's Guillermo I'm talking about. Um, We don't get to find out exactly what information he gives up, but we're guessing it's the exact location of the tunnel. Well, not the exact location of the tunnel, but the fact that it's near Tucson. Uh, We have no idea what else they might have learned from him. So the tunnel is going to be our next, like, big plot point for the operation. Um,
2: that whole interrogation was kind of weird for me. With, talk uh, about it. Um, yeah, with Alejandro just sticking his dick in the guy's face. Well, not literally. He just kind of, like, because the guy's, like, uh, cuffed up and tied up to a chair. And uh. Guillermo just brings this giant jug. Like, you know, those, like, office water jugs. Uh, and, and then... He like straddles one of his legs and just puts his crotch in his face. And then we don't see the beating or the torture or the interrogation. It just kind of cuts to like a a drain and a giant jug of water. And, and, and then we later found out that he gave up some information, but um, I I don't know. I guess he was trying to make him uncomfortable. I mean, I know like proximity is important in like an interrogation, Uh, but I'm not sure what that was about. I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's supposed to be something, but he just like walks up and like sticks his like crotch in his face. You got anything on that?
1: Not really, not really. <laughs> I mean, water waterboarding is what's implied, you know. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah and yeah. you know, tunnel. Okay, great. A, a tunnel. Um, why is the tunnel important? I I don't. I don't. I don't get it uh on on a on a high intellectual level. Um if you Oh, is go this in... the
2: tunnel where the immigrants they find? Or is yeah. this the tunnel later in the yeah. film?
1: Yeah, the tunnel later later in the film that they use to basically the tunnel that they use to squeak uh Alejandro through so that he can go get Alarcón. Um I don't I don't understand why they couldn't just cross the border. Like, why do they need the tunnel? Um,
2: Oh, they needed to know where Diaz goes through. Because remember, they're trying to follow Diaz to his boss. Um, And that's the tunnel he uses to get across the border, right?
1: Is it? That's my question to you. Uh, We know that when they get through the tunnel, then Diaz is in a car nearby, mm-hmm. on the other side of the tunnel. That's true. Right. Did he go through the tunnel? Why doesn't he fly? Um...
2: Well, he's probably on a watch list, and he'd probably get hit by... Okay. Uh, well, that's a good... Well, no, that's a good point. You would think that... I mean, because they, they mentioned he had, like, a bajillion, like, legitimate businesses, so he should just be able to fly over, right?
1: Right. I mean, if he's if he's untouchable here in the US why would he need to be uh you know sneaking across through the tunnel and we didn't see him go through the tunnel we don't know how diaz got across the border we just know that we we just know that alejandro gets through the tunnel at the right time to be kind of within a couple miles of wherever diaz is driving his car on his way to see Alarcón. We're skipping ahead a little bit about why Diaz is going to see Alarcón, but I i guess I'm just bringing it up now. Uh, this timing thing of the, the importance of the tunnel, it, it kind of falls apart in my head mm. the more I think about it. Um, mm. Like, if you wanted to follow Diaz, I mean, once... Like even when Diaz is in Mexico on the highway, where uh, Alejandro ends up catching up with him, they've got like air support or surveillance or something. Like they can see his car.
2: Right. So why did why did they have
1: to go through the tunnel? I never understood it. I just it.
2: Oh, maybe they needed to sneak it because remember he gets in the cop car with Silvio, right? Um. So maybe they needed to sneak through the tunnel so that the cartel doesn't know that they're on to him. Because remember, he still has to get into the house past all those guys. Maybe?
1: That's true, but so why go through the place where you know they have a lot of men and gunmen? Like, why not just just fucking cross the border? Like, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just walk no, across.
2: Yeah, 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 No, that's a good point. That's a really good point.
0: Hmm.
1: Um Yeah. I don't know. Good, great, great story, shaky plot. Uh yeah. I guess I guess now, I mean, there's other things that add up to it, but uh, I guess now that that I'll just call it like uh, this is my number two worst tradecraft. Like this plan is just shaky. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't it it doesn't It doesn't add up, at least it's not shown to add up to me in the movie. Back to the movie's logic, right? We'll we'll go back and and follow the movie's logic again. The movie wants us to, to think the tunnel's important. The tunnel's the only way they can get across. The tunnel's the only way they can intercept Diaz as he's going back to talk to Alarcón. Now, why is Diaz going back to talk to Alarcón? And how do we know that he's going to go back and talk to Alarcone? Well, Matt's got a plan for this, right?
2: They they raid this bank and catch this woman that's been delivering money to deposit to, like, an account. Um, and, you know, they, they catch her, they get some info. And the, the idea is they're going to, like, take his money, which is going to piss him off. And now he has to go see the boss, right? Um, now... When when they get the lady, uh, Brolin's yelling at Kate, don't go in the bank. Don't go in the bank. Don't go in the bank. She went in right. the bank.
0: <laughs> because
2: she's like looking at all this money, She you know, as an FBI agent, like as a law enforcement in general, they're trained yeah, to try. And, this is evidence. This is evidence. We can build a case on this. This is prosecutable, right? So she runs into the bank to go talk to the bank manager and go through all these like transactions and shit. She gets all this documentation, um, and runs to her supervisor, and and we talked about this earlier. She's like, we could build a case. This is a total, like, clear-cut case. And her supervisor's like, look, people like Matt are brought in specifically so that we could get more arrests. There is no reason to, to build this case. We're trying to get Diaz to get us a bigger fish. Anyway, so that's more of like the, wow, everything's really screwed up, and uh, we're we're kind of dancing with the devil a little bit. Anyway, she's like, I got to get a drink. She goes out to drink with, uh, you know, her buddy, um, Daniel Kaluuya's character. And uh, there's like a cop at the bar um, that's like eyeing her, you know, like, you know, it looks like he's kind of interested in her. But apparently Daniel and him know each other, um, I I guess, from war days or something. And he introduces her to Kate and uh, they hit it off. And then they're going to go fuck uh, Kate and the Phoenix police officer um back at her place uh she realizes something on the the coffee table um and i actually had to go double check this to figure out how she figured this out um but uh when they caught the lady making the deposits in her bag there were like giant fat rolls of cash and um what's keeping them in the roll is like this band it reminded me I mean, it was a different color, but it reminded me of those old Lance Armstrong bracelets people used to get, those like plastic, those rubbery ones. But it was more like a kind of like a I don't know, pink, white and bluish, like kind of tie dye look. And she spots that on the coffee table and realizes he's been working with the cartels um, and crazy fight ensues. Uh, of course, Alejandra has been watching her the whole time because she is the one that ran into the bank, and they know why he shouldn't have ran into the bank because she was going to be on surveillance and all kinds of people would see her. Um, anyway, long story short, um, he gets beat up. They get him out. They start questioning him. They get more information. Uh, but I wanted to mark this as my number three best trade craft, but also my number two worst trade craft. But number three best tradecraft is the Phoenix police officer um, figuring out he could sleep with her. Uh, how he figured out she would be in that bar is beyond me. Unless he's been tailing her the entire time. But oh, he was already think, in the.
1: I think as soon as she was spotted in the bank, uh, you know, just her picture went out to everyone that. that oh, they knew in, in that, I mean, that's the only uh, way it makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. Um, but, you know, his capacity to like woo her and, you know, uh, flirt with her and like convince her to, you know, take him back to, or go back to his place or whoever's place it was. Um, so I wanted to mark that as my number three best, but my number three worst tradecraft. Why the fuck did he have the band in his pocket? You know, if, if you're going to be running around, you don't want the evidence that you were taking money from the cartel. Um, if this is something they do with their rolled-up money, um, I, 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 especially when everybody knew she was FBI, because if she's going to kick down the bank's door, she's going to flash her badge, right? I I, 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 don't, I think it was a bad idea. So that's my number two worst tradecraft.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, Alejandro was uh, you know smart enough to know that. Just the fact that she'd gone into the bank, he knew that they would make a move on her, and so that's why he's doing his guardian angel uh, deal on her. Well, Um, also
2: running surveillance so they could get him and get information, right? Because she was like, you used me, and he was like, well, we didn't plan this out. You're the one that ran into the bank.
1: (laughs) So the fact that you keep uh, referring to Ted that's the uh that's the phoenix police officer as uh, as as such tells me that uh, you never watched the walking dead uh, cuz cause, cause no. john burn john Bernthal was a very major character in in oh. the first couple seasons I'm of that show i'm sorry i
2: have not watched the walking dead please don't uh, shoot me everybody <laughs>
1: no <laughs> that's fine that's fine um and uh he also uh got to uh which i you know, I I haven't watched myself, but I think it's good casting. Uh he's the Punisher in the um
2: Oh in, shit, in he's the, the new Punisher.
0: Yes. That
2: is I him. Guess. Yep. Oh my god, wow. I didn't even recognize him. I mean, he was kind of scrawny in this film, so he he bulked the fuck up for the Punisher. Wow. Oh, good catch. <laughs>
1: right um yeah uh i just uh yeah it it goes back to my primary i don't know i don't want to say thesis but feel of this movie as i'm going through it like story wise it's it's great execution it's great the plot just doesn't doesn't really fucking work for me um i know i already talked about this too with the the tunnel situation so also, okay, to get the specific location of the tunnel, uh, Matt uh, basically, well, I don't know. What do we call them now? Um, these assholes. The, what do we call the guys that are in charge of fucking with uh, illegal immigrants?
2: Oh, ICE.
1: As, ICE? Yeah.
2: ICE is like the current agency. Yeah,
1: uh, right. Yeah, I don't know if they were prominent in 2015. By the way, they've been getting some really bad press lately. Like a lot. <laughs> I don't think of... they've
2: ever had good press. <laughs> 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 I think they're competing with ATF for worst press. <laughs>
1: Possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, just recently, like this week, I think a lot of law enforcement agencies, it's come out, have said, like, we... Uh, we don't want to work with ice anymore. Like anybody like, finds out that we're working with ice and all of a sudden all our leads go fucking cold. Uh, everyone stops uh, talking to us and like we yeah. can't do our fucking jobs because ice are just such fucking assholes. You know um, what I
2: heard? They were going on a hiring spree. This might be the reason. They loosened up their requirements. During, they went oh, God. Like, massive hiring. I don't know, like what four or five years ago. I don't know. Mm. I don't remember what it was, but I remember seeing like ads for it everywhere, and they they right. they were pretty much taking anybody short of a felony, from what I understand. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I was hearing. And and there were some articles like in the press about like like hey, get a job with ICE, you know, like that. They were pretty yeah. So that might be why there's problems that they're kind of not. uh Using a lot of discretion with their hires back
1: then. Yeah, I strongly strongly believe that. So, to get the specific location of the tunnel, uh, which is, it's good tradecraft. Very good tradecraft. Matt is going to talk to, I don't know, this guy that's, I don't know if he's ice, if he's Homeland Security or whatever. But basically a guy that has like, you know, seven busloads of people that they've caught. Trying to cross the border, you know. In this, uh, uh I don't know what they have them. In. It's not a, I don't know. It's not exact. It's like a warehouse or something. You know what I'm talking oh, about, yeah. right? Where they got all people yeah, yeah. sitting on the ground.
2: It, yeah, it looks like kind of like a hangar, but they have all of these like police SUVs. So I presume it's like a headquarters for immigration or something. But yeah, it, it, it's got like a look of a hangar, and there's like tour buses. In it's some kind of, that-
1: yeah, what it is? It's some kind of what, whatever the like, you know, the physical locale would be called. What it is in essence, it's like a clearinghouse uh-huh. for all the people that they've caught trying to cross the border in Arizona. And who knows what kind of time frame we're talking about? Is this all the people that tried to cross just today? <laughs> <laughs> uh that that'd be funny um arrested development uh i understand you watched some of it but not necessarily oh, I watched all the whole thing. Oh, okay great do you remember all the uh like you know arrested development had all those really funny like shit going on in the background kind of jokes yeah. and like yeah. anytime anytime they were like you know doing any scene around the Mexican border every once in a while in the background you would just see some dude like just run and like jump over the wall
0: yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah.
1: so yeah i don't i don't think they caught all these people like today uh maybe it's like the week's catch uh it's still a lot of people yeah. um but something i noticed is that like matt and the homeland security guy Are on total like first name speaking terms, you know? When he, when Matt, you know, shows up, the guy's like, hey, what the hell, man? You got me, uh, you got me out here at like four in the morning. What's up? And, and which tells me that Matt does this kind of operation like all the time. Right. Like this isn't like, this isn't his, this CIA operation that he's running is not something that uh, has just been cooked up. For this one situation, but that he um, has a, a a constant and strong relationship, you know, first name basis with the the kind of people that can hook him up with, uh, you know, the opportunity to interrogate these kind of people. Um, I'd,
2: I'd like to hope so. You know, I, I I'd like to hope that uh, CIA like has relationships with all these departments, especially if they're dealing with stuff like you know, cross borders or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, they, they are kind of like buddy, buddy, aren't they?
1: Yeah. So again, like it just shows that this is not like, this is not a, like a one-off operation. This is a part of, uh, you know, a larger ongoing set of operations that Matt is running involving the Mexican border.
2: Yeah. Uh, one of the things I liked about this, um, before this, uh, before Kate gets involved, starting from the first time she gets involved throughout the rest of the film, she starts bumming cigarettes from people because I it's getting that. more and more anxious. She's like, like, I think she said you got another one of those like three times up until that one point where you see her with an actual pack because she wasn't smoking before, but this whole experience has led her into smoking. Yeah, Reggie.
0: Um,
1: Reggie asks her. He says, "Oh, they got you smoking again, huh?"
2: <laughs> Girl. I think when she, they got to this like clearing house thing, that was the first thing she asked the guy that Matt has a relationship with. Like, do you have another one of those? Like the, mm-hmm. like, it, yeah. I thought that was. I think
1: before. the first one she bumps is that, is at the army base.
2: Yeah, when they first come across the border, like when she came back from Juarez. Yeah.
1: Right. So um I do like and, and it was close, I don't think it quite made um yeah, it was close to making uh one of my top tradecraft things. But you you know, interrogating the these guys, uh, you know, these um border crossers, I don't know what the term I should use for them. Um, but these people that know the border. Mm-hmm. to find out the location of the tunnel. That's 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 good tradecraft and and I appreciate it. Um we okay so so again though like so what the purpose right the purpose of squeezing Diaz's money was to cause him to have to go to see Alarcon. I get it and I like it. What I don't like And I feel like I'm having to circle back to something I talked about before, but I just want to get all my cards out on the table. I get it. You could squeeze him until he has to go back. How do you know when enough is enough? How do you know that he actually got the call? How do you know that he's on his way? How do you know what route he's going to take on what day at what hour? Why the fuck is he driving himself Alone. Hey, <laughs> okay, right.
2: That's a really good point. That's a, yeah. Um Well, presumably they'd have him on surveillance, but that's a good, like, why is he driving himself? That, that's a really, really good point.
1: <laughs> if they have him, if they have him on this tight of surveillance, I don't think they need the tunnel. And yeah. even if they do need the tunnel, how do you time it this well? And how do you luck out? Like, Okay. I guess you're assuming there'll be a car that Alejandro could steal on the other side of the tunnel. It mm-hmm. happens to be there is a car. It's Silvio's car. Silvio has just, okay, so Silvio's on the Mexican side. He's bringing drugs to the tunnel so that they can bring them over to, into the U.S. side. Here's another one, which is makes absolutely no sense. All right, I'm Silvio, right? I've shown up at the regular place. My job is to show up here and unload drugs out of my police car in uh, for the tunnel. I hear gunfire coming from up the tunnel. What do I do? I start unloading the drugs faster out of my car. <laughs> no! Yeah. Put the drugs back into the car and get the fuck out of there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Oh wait. That's how that's why they need the tunnel cuz they were they kept bringing up that that they found that they they got the information about the tunnel. Uh Diaz I'm presuming he used the tunnel. We just saw that footage of him leaving his house in that same Mercedes. I presume because that, like, I don't know what that warehouse at the other side of the tunnel where they had cars and drugs and boxes and containers and shit. Sure. Yeah. I, I presume there's another blue Mercedes there for him. So I'm, I I, 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 we don't get shown this, but presumably Diaz goes through the tunnel, gets his other blue Mercedes and starts driving down the road. And then because they know he's using the tunnel, they can go through the tunnel. And get another car and chase him down, and there just happens to be a police officer there, which I guess they know how that transaction works. That they would need an officer to help unload or carry or whatever.
1: Then catch him on this side of the tunnel. I don't know. If you if you have if you have such good eyes on Diaz, I, I just intercepting him is is just so fucking it's just so whack, and and it's menacing. well they
2: still gotta find out where his boss is. Ala uh, Alarcon, um, yeah, Alarcon, yeah. They don't know where he is, is is what the movie's telling us. And by following him through the tunnel and down the highway, they're gonna find out where Alarcon is.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I, I guess I, I don't see why they waited until he went through the tunnel, and we don't know if okay. he went through the tunnel. <laughs> right but it's it's just it's just all weird like the way alejandro gets in it's again it's like just part and parcel of this movie it all looks really good and just doesn't i can't i can't write it out on paper in in a way that makes sense um yeah. <laughs> you know but yeah alejandro he you know i mean silvio is like uh you know is a gift to him you know you mm. got a police car you know, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a dirty cop that you can manipulate into making the stop. You know, flash your lights. You know, have him get out again. Why the fuck are you driving alone? Why don't you have a fucking convoy? Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we see, you know, and I guess the soft... or mm, I guess, it's, yeah, you call it the climax of the movie. You know, Alejandro... Getting into Alarcon's um, domicile, his his Riviera, whatever you oh, want to call it, I, I, yeah, and, his
2: mansion, his estate, yeah, and yeah.
1: and making and making the kill. Um, I like. I mean, I like it as an audience member, just not so much as an analyst. Like, there's too many things. Too many dominoes just seem to have like dropped conveniently into the team usa's hands that they Mm -hmm. couldn't have foreseen and couldn't have planned in advance
2: oh yeah yeah. yeah a lot fell into their lap
1: yeah 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 um and then uh you know i could i could get out of this movie and and that's i mean that's my major you know quibbles and I'm ready to talk about star rating and stuff, but I, I wonder if, uh, I guess, our to me, our last piece of business is possibly the Alejandra showing up at Kate's place and for, forcing her at gunpoint to sign a document that says everything they did was uh
2: According to the okay. book. Right. yeah.
0: Your thoughts? Um, uh,
2: I think this was more of a t- storytelling choice uh, to, to kind of show us, like, how fucked up shit is. Um, I I don't know why Alejandro needs the paper signed. I know why Matt needs the paper signed.
1: Right. That's one um, of the thoughts that crossed my mind. Like, yeah. Alejandro, Alejandro, his... I mean we know his motivation. His motivation is revenge. He's got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um what how does it benefit him to to make this like a big dick play against Kate? Um I don't think I don't think it's good. I I think maybe I mean maybe it's not so much the pape this this is this is one thought that occurs to me. Maybe it's not so much the signature on the paper itself but it's the act of forcing her to sign Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is you know kind of like a 1984 kind of thing like it's it's oh yeah it's, it's not it's not really the paper the paper is not as important as the fact that we made you do it and now you have to live with that
2: Oh, you know, kind of that's probably, it, it might be a insurance policy because if she signed the paper, she can't go and, you know, cause she was like, I'm going to tell everybody what you did to, to Brolin. She can't do that now. Cause she signed the paper saying that, that everything was kosher. So maybe that's what it was.
1: Yeah. But so, I, mean, I, don't pra- know why I Practically yeah. speaking, I feel like I could just go to my boss and say, Hey, the motherfuck that motherfucking Puerto Rican showed up at my place, put a gun in my face, and told me this to, I had to sign this, but I signed it under duress. Fuck that. Yeah. But yeah. again, this, this, you know, this movie just seems to be operating more on a story level, and so I think it's like just like the act, the act of submission, the act of yeah, complicity, yeah. Uh, that it's a more of a psychological thing that they're yeah. accomplishing here. Yeah, and he's um, like, You're
2: not a he's like, go move to a small town, you're not a wolf, and this is a country of wolves now or something.
1: Sure. Here's a yeah, que- think- here's a here's a question yeah, for ahead. you uh that some people uh posed on Reddit. Um now he did tell her earlier in the movie, don't ever point a gun at me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh but she does in this final interaction. Oh, he,
2: that's right.
1: And he She's turns around he turns around and he waits to see if she's gonna pull the trigger. She doesn't. Question on Reddit is now remember, Alejandro is a very broken man, right? I mean, yeah. he's a hollowed-out ghost of yeah. a man. Right. Um, do you think he do you think he is big dick energy saying like you can't shoot me because I'm a wolf? Or do you think he's looking at her saying go ahead and do it. I don't give a shit. Like I'm done. Do you, do you think, do you think he wanted her to pull the trigger is the question I'm putting to you.
2: That's a really interesting question. I, I, I think he might not have cared, uh, but if I had a pick between the two, it was probably more of a big dick energy.
1: That's how it, that's how it feels to me.
2: Yeah, he's given her the opportunity and just standing there. Um, and I think he's just like, that's a really good question. Um, uh, I don't think he actually, I, I think he, like you said, he's just kind of like this hollowed out, like ghost of a man. I think he's just kind of, now that he's completed his revenge, he's just, he's just kind of going wherever the wind takes him type of thing maybe
1: right although we do know because there is a second movie that his revenge is not complete
2: oh you know he's <laughs> he's got
1: he's got more people to kill good time to mention something i had wanted to mention at the top of the show uh okay so uh sicario 2 day of the soldado not as good as this movie
0: <laughs>
1: although i did i did watch it i did like it uh i've only seen it once Uh, I will definitely run, not walk, to see the third one, Mm -hmm. uh, which is planned. And uh, I just wanted to mention that although Emily Blunt's character, Kate, doesn't show up in the second movie, she is planned to show up in the third.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. I have not seen the second one because I heard uh, some bad reviews from people I trust. Um, But... Uh, if she's gonna show up in the third one, that might be interesting to bring her back. So maybe I'll have to go check out the second one.
1: Yeah, I think you should. It's 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 not it's not bad. It's just not oh, okay. it's just not as tight as, as this one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So um that's everything I got on tradecraft and, and analysis of the details of the movie. I'm looking forward to debriefing yeah let's do it
0: agents please report for debriefing on this operation. The director will see you now
1: uh sicario is uh it's on my top shelf of movies that i just i just love and um i don't wanna i don't wanna relitigate all my things but just i guess to just restate like this this movie. The execution, okay, the directing is phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. the directing is above reproach. The acting is above reproach. The, the the portrayal of professional people doing professional stuff is so fucking tight. And that's like all the on the ground, on the screen, I'm eating popcorn. I'm loving what I'm seeing fucking is why this is like a four star movie for me. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: think it's four and a half. I think the only way it could be better is, is maybe if it was science fiction, (laughs) I'm going to land on four. I'm going to, I'm going to end on four. The, what drags it down is, is the plot doesn't actually make sense. The global overall themes are uh-huh. pitch perfect the on the ground details pitch perfect it's in that squishy middle of like why are we actually doing this stuff it uh-huh. it, it, it it just kind of doesn't it the the dots don't connect for me
2: yeah um i i feel the same way uh watching this film again reminding me of how much I loved it and all the action and I wanted to go with four and a half stars but uh, just digging deep into a lot of this stuff that kind of just doesn't add up I think I'm gonna go with a four uh, because I still think it's a great movie and I highly recommend it to everybody um, I, I like it, it just it just gives you this like icky feeling and and also like an enormous amount of intrigue And it really demonstrates the competing interests at play that I liked a lot.
1: I mean, it's a thriller in the, in the true sense, like 10 tension builder, like it builds tension so perfectly.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Tradecraft wise, uh, my best tradecraft that I saw in this movie, uh, Well, my number three best was just, you know, making noise to shake Diaz and cause him to have to go to to Alarcón. Um, I like that. Seems plausible. Uh, I've already quibbled about the timing kind of stuff Mm -hmm. about that. Uh, My number two best is just the idea of using Alejandro as the CIA's weapon against Alarcón even though I don't understand what the broader object, how the, what the broader objective is or how it's um, at the end of the day, say their hands are clean. And this was just, you know, uh, Morty's killing Morty's to her phrase. (laughs) Um, And my number one best is definitely like the whole like uh, plot uh, rap, Wrapper of of using Kate as just this paper paperwork cover for their operations.
2: Absolutely. Uh, my number three best trade craft was uh, the the Phoenix cop Ted sleeping with Kate to try and get info out of her. Um, my number two best trade craft was the same as your number one of the using Kate as a cover. Uh, but you know, with a little bit of a footnote of like how he, how Matt recruits Kate, you know, where she kind of just hands him the button to push. Like, are we gonna get the guys? He's like, we're gonna get the real guys responsible, you know. Uh, but that leads into my best number one trade craft, <clears throat> and uh, when Kate and uh Reggie are grilling matt about what the hell is going on he he quickly like kind of homogenizes the entire network of the story into we're trying to use diaz to get to his boss so that we could get that guy is that not good enough reason for you you know uh i i liked that a lot to to kind of keep them still
1: on board because they were threatening to walk the medellin name feels like like something something got lost on the in the translation between the original script and and this one um, there's, there's not, there's, there's no good reason for him to have this nickname. Again, this whole plan uh, I can, I can, I feel like I could shoot so many holes in it um, (laughs) with the tunnel and and Diaz um, that are just, just things just don't feel connected properly to me. These are mostly uh, complaints about the movie's portrayal of of the mechanics of the tradecraft, even though like again like like on the ground, like every every moment feels authentic. The broader goals feel authentic. Just the strategy seems very weird. And uh, yeah for uh easy easy worst tradecraft for me like you know Sonorans you just you just you didn't bring your A game to trying to stop uh, these guys from crossing the border. Um, you sent a bunch of tattooed idiots. Like you just, you just, just fed meat into the grinder, um, right? That wasn't a gunfight that like could have gone one way or the other, right? <laughs> yeah. You that know what I slaughter. mean? Yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, again, building like for the movie's sake, building up the stakes, which it does beautifully. But on a technical level, there was no universe where those guys were going to be able to accomplish anything except fucking get killed. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, worst worst tradecraft for the Sonorans on that one. How about you? What are your Uh, complaints?
2: My number three worst tradecraft, uh, you know, following up on the Sonoran ambush, the caravan border crossing. Like, why take that route? Uh, Why not do an airlift? Um, I presume we have U.S. military bases somewhere in Mexico. Uh, Why not take a dirt road? I don't see any trouble for them getting across the border if they're all federal or state or government agents that are already on paperwork somewhere saying we're going to go get this guy and bring him back. Um, So why go through the regular route? Um, My number two worst tradecraft was, again, the Phoenix cop, Ted. Ted. Having that band in his pocket uh, when he's trying to sleep with Kate, um, I, I don't under, there's no universe I can think of as why he would keep that anywhere. Uh, and then my number one worst tradecraft is uh Kate telling Matt she's going to talk. She's out in the middle of nowhere with like 20 some odd special uh f- like trained elite kind of assault guys. And she's gonna yell at Brolin. Hey, I'm gonna tell everyone what you did. They could easily just off her and and Reggie, and no one would even question it. Um, so, that's, those are those are those are my worst. What do you think of park benches?
1: I'm going low. I'm going yeah. low because uh, even though, like I said, like like it looks like moment to moment, everything looks so fucking authentic. But mm-hmm. we just don't see enough of the wiring under the board and and what we do see it 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 really crumbles around in my hands um i'm I'm three at the top. I might be down to a two point five
2: uh, a two point five sounds pretty good for me Because uh, even though there's a lot of realistic stuff in this, there wasn't a lot of tradecraft, and even the tradecraft that there was was kind of shaky. You know, like you've kind of put the nails in the coffin for just the overall plan and the CIA involvement to begin with. Um, I'm looking at our threes, and we got like Born Supremacy sneakers, but our two and a is like Eagles Dare from Russia with Love, Enemy of the State, The Conversation.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Call, go go with your gut there. It's it's this is a two point five. Yeah, I agree. This is, this is sub subpar tradecraft. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but but the but the execution—it feels so good, though. It does. It's it's seamless. You
2: know what I mean. Everything feels official.
1: Any given any given one scene in this movie Uh, is a five. mm Parkes. It's only when you string it all together and realize, (laughs) like, it doesn't like these things didn't need to happen you know like a better movie like a better movie like each individual scene i think is a five but like they don't connect together
2: right yeah uh i'm definitely on board with that definitely 2.5 all right
1: right, call it all
2: right what do we uh what do we got going on next i think we're doing the spy
1: uh yeah we are gonna do the spy now that's only a six-part series i've watched half of it uh what's your status
2: uh I haven't started well, I think I watched the first episode like when it first came out, which was like a few years ago.
1: I think you're gonna love this one. I think this is okay. right up your alley. This is uh like the courier, but better in my opinion. uh' okay. I'll, you know let you form your own opinions from that uh so we'll we'll do uh three episodes. What we'll do is uh you know the first two I mean it's six episodes. We wanna do three podcast episodes, so episodes one and two. Will be next week, three Sounds and four, good. and then five and six. Um, next movie, I think I had a notion in my head, but I'm not a hundred percent. What I want to hear is when uh, the IC Press file is coming out oh. as a TV show because I want to do that one and do that as a movie. That'll be coming out really soon, but. I just need to see a release date so we can try to time that properly.
2: Right. Um, Well, I guess we'll figure out the movie uh, while we're doing this by then. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess till next time. And that's the end of our show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at spies underscore like us. Visit us on our website at www.spieslikeus.net. You know, find out about upcoming episodes. Also, what will really help us out is if you give us a review on wherever you found our podcast, either on iTunes or your Android app or YouTube or wherever you listen to us. Uh, even if you didn't like the show, just give us a review. It'll help us give us feedback so we can make the show better. And it can also help other people who haven't found the show yet find out about us. Hey, Moira, initiate Protocol 9.
0: Protocol 9 initiated. This podcast will self destruct in 20 seconds. The preceding transmission sampled the songs Ice Cold by Audio Nautics, Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod, and sound effects from Freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net. Editing by Todd Hostetler.